0: Ready to get and stay fit? Welcome to Fit, Positive, Confident with Dr. Gordon, where the focus is on your whole person health, physical, mental, and spiritual. Because your health can be affected by so many factors, Dr. G covers a range of topics in this program, from eating healthy to world-shaping events. So relax and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everybody. Well, that, that was such a lousy... Introduction.
0: I thought it was excellent.
1: It was like, hello, everybody. Anyways. No, it
0: was hello, everybody. Like, (laughs) there was pause for emphasis. It was beautiful.
1: I absolutely hated, but I wasn't going to re-record it because... What's the point of being perfect with everything?
0: Well, we can't be. We can't be perfect, right? So the medieval thought... (laughs)
1: We can't be perfect, so at least we can be lousy.
0: <laughs> just embrace the horror,
1: <laughs> embrace the horror, and be lousy about, at everything That's that right. you do. Just you know, just go
0: straight at the junk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about you know all the accolades. Just do it, and who cares what everybody thinks? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so now I don't even it. feel like telling people what the name of the show is, and the fact that they can. Listen to it on a podcast somewhere, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, this this is underwhelming now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyways, uh, Richard is in the studio, Dr. Jensen, dear Dr. Jensen, welcome to the show.
0: Okay, just has to keep escalating (laughs) because it started out semi sane, but no, it can't stay there.
1: (laughs) We cannot be sane. Uh, We cannot be sane, but uh, we love to have you on this show, Richard, for your philosophical, ethical, and historical mind.
0: Well, thank you. Um, Such as it is, such as it's worth.
1: (laughs) Um, There are so many things that I want to talk about, and there is not enough time on these podcasts and these shows to get into everything that's going on in the world. By the way, I just did a show with Kyle, and he says hello, and we did a show about Ozempic and uh, people losing weight on that um, drug, you know, and so on. But anyways, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking you are coming up next and we're going to record, and I'm thinking, what what do we want to talk about? And there are so many things, man. I mean, obviously, yeah. we talked about Israel the other day, and okay. um, you you told us how you felt about that. Uh, but, you know, if you want to talk about, uh, I mean, if we, hypothetically speaking, we want to talk about that, that, that story doesn't end there with Israel. I mean, you have the whole, you know, money thing with United States, and how many hundreds of billions of dollars are we going to... I'm am t- thinking this this talk this talk out to Washington man, this uh, hundred billion aid package to this country and ten billion aid package to that country and uh, you know we're gonna I told you the other day they somebody said oh we're gonna stop sending you know hundred million dollars to Niger and I'm like we've we been sending hundred billion dollars to Niger. I didn't even know that. You know. <laughs> we,
0: we don't even know. We don't even know.
1: How do we survive <clears throat> as a country? How do we, how does this how is this even po- possible? and by that question, what I mean, is how is it possible mathematically, economically, for this country to spend so much money and we never go into bankruptcy?
0: Well, the only reason it's possible is because unlike any of the rest of us uh, in the United States, the federal government has the right to just create money out of thin air. And so that's precisely what it does.
1: Well, but why is that money? I mean, if there's the the case, how is it that that money has any value?
0: Well, it, it only has the value that people believe that it has, literally that's the bottom line it is pure paper it is monopoly money it is not anchored in any tangible asset uh the full faith and credit of the united states government's on the face of it and full faith and credit of the united states government just got downgraded and it'll continue to get downgraded Uh, so when we're talking about full faith (laughs) there there are two reasons why uh we adopt and accept this money. One, it's the only game in town other than
1: crypto
0: or that sort of thing. Um, But the biggie is because of the legal tender law. And legal tender means that it is the only thing that the U.S. government and the states will accept. And it's the only thing that they're legally allowed to accept. And so if you want to, you know, engage in commerce that in any way ultimately ends up at the state and federal governments, which, believe it or not, almost all commerce ultimately does, you're going to transact that in dollars.
1: Well, my question is, I mean, people have been saying for years and years and years that this is unsustainable, and yet here we are. You know, 50 well, yeah, years later, with 100 years later, and still going.
0: Crazy inflation. Uh, you know, what boggles my mind is people talk about, oh, the Fed is getting inflation under control. It's running down at 3.7% now. We're almost there. If we can only get to 2.5%, and I'm thinking to myself, you people are nuts. You have no idea what you're saying. If you are compounding, 2.5% every single year. Astra I mean that's that that is an exponential growth factor. So it's an exponential devaluation. And so yes, we're quote unquote surviving, but only because everything costs more and more and more and more on this curve because every year 2.5% more. Then the following year more of the more than the next year. 2.5% of the more more. And it just keeps escalating. It compounds. So, this whole idea that, oh, well, 2.5% inflation, that's not so bad. No, any inflation is horrible.
1: Over what you're saying is over years, it's not over 10 years, it's not 2.5 anymore. It's like 25%.
0: Well, it's way more than 25%. Yeah, because it's compounding. I can't do the math in my head, but it's probably more like 45%. But then over 20 years, that compounds even more. And so all they're really doing is they're playing the boil the frog game. So they're slowly stripping the wealth of America away.
1: What is their end game here? It doesn't make any sense to me. Don't you want to have a populace that's prosperous,
0: no, 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 that is that is not what what the central bankers want. They absolutely do not want a, a population that is prosperous. What they want is a population that is cowed into absolute submission. This whole game, we've talked about this before. This whole game is not about money. This game is about control. These people are so uber wealthy that it is beyond comprehension. And when I say beyond comprehension, I mean they've got more money than God. Money is not their end game at this point. It's one hundred percent about control. These are these are the evil, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I'm vapor locking on the word, but you know, watch a James Bond movie. There's always this, you know, evil, evil mastermind, and what's the goal? World domination, you know, some plan to destroy or take over the world, and only James Bond can stop it. Well, there are no James Bonds, and they're winning, and they will win. This, this is ultimately about absolute control.
1: I don't understand the logic, honestly, because, for example, you know, let's say you and I, we are the average people who have, you know, lived in this country for a long time, made some money. We're not poor or anything else like that, you know, and I'm looking at somebody, for example, at a homeless guy, you know, that's walking down the street of Denver. And personally, I have no desire, no intention, no, nothing in my mind ever would tell me I need to control this person. You know. Because well, yeah, but
0: you and I are not them.
1: But I, I, I don't understand the logic. Why would you wanna what pleasure does it give you? I mean, is it some kind of a cosmic orgasm? I mean, what do you get from controlling people?
0: Well, think about it this way. What is the ultimate sense of freedom that we have as human beings? So so the, the big inalienable rights that are mentioned in the Declaration of Independence and that that justified the existence of the United States of America in the first place. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Well,
1: give me a big car and yeah. get out of my way.
0: But notice what you're saying. Give me a big car. Get out of my way. Hmm. Okay. Why does that matter to you?
1: Personal, personal freedom. Personal yeah, exactly. Th- Ability to make decisions about my own life for myself without yeah, anybody so else interfering.
0: Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and so what people aren't realizing is that there's an actual logical order to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it was by design. So after the break, let's let's talk about this logical order that's built in there. And it explains everything about control.
1: Okay, sounds good. Let's take a quick, short little break. In the studio again with my good buddy Dr. Richard Jensen, and we are just talking. Freedom. (laughs) I said, I said, give me, and when I said, give me a big car and get out of my way, let me uh, clarify what I meant Uh, by that is. Uh, I want to make money to buy the car with my own money. I don't want to, I don't want you to literally give it to me, you know, and I want to have enough of my own money that I have earned with my own two hands to put gas into it and go wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do. That's what I meant by that. And I want to be in a country that uh, basically uh, government stays out of my way as I pursue my own happiness the way I see it fit. You know,
0: that's right, Exa- exactly right. And that's precisely the way this nation was founded to operate. Now, it doesn't anymore already. I mean, we're way down that road, but, you know, let's let's return to the to the beginning and in the beginning, the founders said, well, look, what we recognize is that there are certain fundamental rights that you have as a human being. No one gave them to you. Uh, they were, they say, endowed by the creator um, can also be referred to as natural rights. Uh, but the bottom line is, you have these rights intrinsically. This is not something anybody can give or take away. All they can do is honor or violate those rights. Um, and so the idea that, for example, well, if we could just get rid of the Second Amendment, we'd get rid of that pesky right to self-defense. No, no, you can't. It's an inalienable right. It, it, it is implied by the right to life. Uh, it's not something that somebody can take away. It's not granted by the Constitution. It can't be taken away by any legislation. All that can be done is honored or violated. So there's a logical order to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when they framed the Declaration of Independence, edited it repeatedly, finally released it, signed it, uh, they understood exactly what they were saying.
1: How much work went into know, How much work went into that in terms of time, months, weeks? What are we talking about?
0: Well, months and multiple people uh, jumping all over uh, Jefferson (laughs) with multiple drafts. Uh, An early draft had uh, life property and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then editors said, well, but wait a minute, we believe that Locke is right, John Locke, that uh, life uh, and and property are effectively one and the same, that the right to life just is the right to property. Um, but then they realized, well, exactly what you said about I want to be able to go out and buy the car of my choice and drive it. Um, the idea here is that freedom is expressed in ownership. Mm. And so the whole idea here is life implies liberty. and. Liberty implies the pursuit of happiness. And so neither of the two matter if you don't have life without life. There is no freedom or pursuit of any kind. So for you to have any pursuit of happiness implies liberty. For you to have liberty implies you have life.
1: And life implies the right to property.
0: Exactly. The right to life implies the right to property. So there are a cascade of natural rights that emerge as philosophical implications of each other. And so the idea here is government is legitimate. Like, so let's stop and ask the question, what makes a government legitimate in the first place? Because this is the question the founders were asking. They weren't asking, let's look at what makes a government work best. Or what kinds of governments do people most prefer? They weren't conducting polls. They weren't doing "quote unquote" science. Uh, they weren't doing sociology or even anthropology. They were asking a very fundamental, deontological, philosophical question. And the question they were asking is, "What makes a government legitimate in the first place?"
1: This is in the context. We only
0: want a legitimate government.
1: This is in the context of coming out of the British Empire.
0: Right, right. So exactly. They're saying, OK, we, we, we have to separate from from Great Britain, but what are we going to be? And and so we have this unique opportunity where we can be anything that we all agree to. They could have. So uh, let's get on the same. Pe-
1: I'm sorry, Richard. Yeah, go ahead. They could have been another Australia or Canada.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and those were considered. Those forms of government were considered. D- democracies were considered. Um, but they said, you know, rather than to start with looking at the form of government, let's look at what makes a government legitimate in the first place, because we should only have a form of government that is legitimate. And and you see, nobody today is even asking that question. Why do we have the kind of republic that we have? What, what makes the United States government legitimate in the first place? Because how dare any human being or any group of human beings... Ever say to any other human being, you will do thus and so, period. We will control you to do thus and so. How can that ever be legitimate? That violates your right to liberty. And so the founders were saying, look, we start with the ideas that fundamental to your humanity itself is that you have the absolute right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So how can there be a government in the first place? How can any government tell you? We're going to infringe upon your pursuit of happiness. We're going to infringe on your liberty in these contexts. We're going to take some of your property in the form of taxes. How can that ever be legitimate? So this was the question of the founders.
1: So the government that they wanted to create was the government that was going to fit into this overall idea that was, uh, that was expressed in the Declaration of Independence.
0: Exactly. And our constitution emerged out of the Declaration of Independence. Those principles informed every detail of our form of government. And so you can't view the constitution in a vacuum. You have to conjoin the constitution and the Declaration of Independence because the declaration is what informed the founding principles of the constitution. So the Declaration of Independence states flatly that government is legitimate only when it exists for the purpose of honoring, upholding, and protecting inalienable rights. That's the whole purpose for a legitimate government to even exist. And so at the moment that a government starts infringing on those rights rather than honoring, upholding, and protecting them, at that moment, it is no longer legitimate. The form of it is irrelevant. See, everyone gets fixated on, well, we're a democracy. Well, we're not. We're a republic. Okay, that's just semantics. Well, no, it's really not. But no republic is legitimate. No democracy is legitimate if what you have is what in Federalist 10 was called majority faction. If the majority decide that they're going to enslave all black people, that is an illegitimate government. It doesn't matter whether the majority want it and the majority vote for it because we're the rule of the majority. It's wrong precisely because it violates inalienable rights. And so it's not the case that the form of government is what matters here. Multiple forms of governments could exist that that absolutely would fall within supporting, honoring, upholding, protecting inalienable rights. You could have a, a benevolent monarchy Uh, You know, where, you know, like God, for example, he only wants the good all the time, right? Um, So you've got the problem of evil question, because we don't seem to have the good all the time. But that's another story. But the bottom line is, if you had a godlike monarch who ruled absolutely, but was benevolent, then you could have a legitimate government. The form is not what's at issue.
1: Wow, interesting stuff, Richard. We got to take a break. Be right back after these messages. All right, we are back in the studio. We are talking with Dr. Richard Jensen and we are discussing um, important stuff. It's important. Well, you
0: ultimately asked the question, and I I do want to get back to it. um, You know, this question of what motivates this control fixation. And we've kind of gone around the bush to lay some foundation. But ultimately, if you think about the most fundamental right that matters to you, as you expressed it in, you know, I want to buy a big car, I want to be able to drive it, uh, you're talking about freedom, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Your expression of self is self-control. You have It a- makes you happy to express this liberty that you have.
1: Right. What you have explained, Richard, is that that the founding fathers wanted to create the government that was going to do nothing else, or not. I don't want to say nothing else. That was the primary objective of the government was to protect um, a person's uh, pursuit of freedom and liberty and and life. Right? That that's yes. what the yes. government was supposed to do. I suspect, yes. and uh, you can confirm. Or deny. I suspect that pretty quickly it was the interests of the wealthy and the rich that basically corralled the government to their side of the fence, and started oh, yeah. using the government, you know, to to uh, gain whatever it is that they wanted to gain—power, money, prestige, all of those things—at the expense of all of those rights that are described in the Declaration of Independence.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because human nature being what it is, the very first thing that somebody wants is more, more money, more power, more control. And why do you want control? I mean, I keep saying that the, that the, uh, the international cartels, I mean, let's call it what it is uh what are they after what 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 are these evil masterminds attempting to achieve and i'm talking world domination i'm talking about one world government that these elites are at the head of and when i say at the head of i mean the way they're at the head of the u.s government now they may not even be the officials but they are the puppet masters they are the ones that actually control all the economic flow and thereby control every decision that is made and so why do they want that? And I've said it's the only game in town. It's, it's the ultimate rush. When you have more money than God, you don't care about money. But you can never have too much control. That, that is the ultimate objective. Because if I have control, look, I, I, I get into my car, I turn the key or I push the button, the car starts. What have I just done? I mean, let's boil it down to its root thing. What have I just done? I've exercised control over this machine. It pleases me that it does my will. I then press on the gas pedal. It starts moving forward. I'm controlling this machine. It does my will. I take money out of my bank account. I buy a new machine. My money does my will. I then do what I want with that machine. Well, we can extend this feeling of deep psychological satisfaction. What is more impressive than controlling inanimate objects? Well, controlling other people who also have free will. Wow. If I can manipulate them, if I can coerce them, maybe even threaten them, any means that I can employ to control them, bend them to my will, This is the ultimate power. This is the ultimate rush.
1: The problem with the if this is what these people really want, the problem is that they are going to end uh, at the end of a noose, because what happens?
0: No, 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 no.
1: What what happens is French Revolution, October Revolution. What happens is no. They
0: they learned from all that. Uh huh. They are shadow players. They are shadow players. These people, you know, the the supposed deep state, most people who say the phrase deep state aren't taking it nearly far enough. And people are gonna say, oh, Jensen's a wide-eyed, frothing frothing of the mouth conspiracy theorist. Uh, No, the, the evidence in favor of this is so vast, so overwhelming, and it is the only explanation for how we see things developing. This is not conspiracy theory this is fact it's well documented fact in indeed uh the bottom line is there is a deep deep state that is global we're talking an international cartel of financiers the central bankers these families go back hundreds and hundreds of years and they have been pushing toward and manipulating financial structures globally for centuries And they're reaching the point where the ultimate goal is within grasp. We are on the brink of a global government. We're on the brink of a global currency. The minute we have a global currency, they've won. I mean, they've won. Absolutely, they've won. The minute you have a global fiat currency that is absolutely manipulatable, then all the wealth of nations is absolutely manipulatable. And that is the end game.
1: Any of the nations that want to go along, they will be uh, subdued, Just oh, to, yeah, absolutely. to put it mildly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we've been doing experiments on the isolation of nations for decades and decades at this point, uh, you know, sanctions and so forth. And notice that these these central bankers, these, these cartel players, they had to get the United States under control. Uh, before this plan could possibly work, and they did so. Oh, they absolutely did. And so now, when you talk about at the end of a noose, I'm saying they run the noose. They're not putting their own heads in the noose. They're putting anyone who would rise up to oppose them's head in the noose. And everybody's uh,
1: so divided on the uh, on everything. That
0: exactly,
1: your own neighbor is gonna. So,
0: exactly, they they manipulate us by keeping us all in a froth about everything that doesn't really matter to keep our eyes off of the core principles of the founding of this nation, how utterly unique this nation was in almost all of human history. There is nothing that, I mean, we have some approximations, but nobody got it right until the United States of America. And this nation is indeed unique. This nation is absolutely astounding in human history. And they have systematically done everything to undermine the uniqueness and the principles of our founding.
1: Does the United States uh, need to be destroyed in order for this one world government to actually come into existence? Or does it just well, need to be you, appropriated into the system?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it destroyed, That that's, that's uh, too free-floating of a word. I'm I talking, mean, I'm talking they,
1: in a philosophical sense, you know, the...
0: The- yes, you, you have to completely destroy the population's belief in these founding principles and what they imply. You, you have to get people to be willing to absolutely give up the idea of liberty. And and the, the easiest way to do that is, is twofold. One, you get them to trade off liberty for the promise of safety and security. Uh, you know, Ben Franklin famously referred to this Um so the bottom line is that's always been the process of dictators and dominators is to uh, lay out threats, promise safety against those threats. If only you'll exchange some of your liberties in exchange for that, we'll keep you safe. Uh, that, that's been the forever go-to project and, and it perpetually works because uh, the big mistake our founders made was believing that the majority of people would actually value liberty above all things. And they don't. People are soft and weak and pathetic, and they value comfort and safety above all things.
1: Everybody's already uh, cool with having our security cameras every 50 yards.
0: Absolutely. Everybody's cool with the NSA monitoring absolutely every single detail of everybody's lives. Uh, we, we've just accepted that. Why there wasn't a revolution? When that was all discovered, it blows my mind. Why there was not blood in the streets blows my mind. Uh, And I'm not advocating revolution. I'm just saying I actually thought people would rise up when all that news, uh, you know, armed marches on Washington. Shut this down. No, nothing of the sort. Uh, Patriot Act. Renewed every time it comes up. You know, how? how? The Patriot. Okay, so this is 1984 double speak epically.
1: Maybe we should advocate for a revolution. Are we allowed? No. no. Are I, we free now?
0: We, Are we going no, to jail if we, say,
1: if we say we yeah, need to have yeah, a revolution?
0: I, yeah, yeah. I think I think you do go to jail. But I don't advocate it for a very simple reason. Not not because I'm afraid of the, the repercussions, but because we still have legal means at our disposal, non-treasonous means at our disposal to fix this. If only we had the will to. But well, who, who is treasonous here? we lack here? the will.
1: Who would be treasonous here? People who won the revolution or people who have totally changed the complexion of what the United States was supposed to be?
0: Oh, well, I absolutely believe that the people running the government today are committing treason right, left, and center. Uh, But the problem is they're a reflection of us. We elect them. They they are a reflection of our image. So Uh, the American public are treasonous.
1: Let's take a break. All right, I forgot that you cannot hear that uh, that uh, music that tells us the break is coming. We have to fix that so you know what's happening. But anyways, uh, I mean, we are talking. I don't see, you know, I don't see that the government of the United States, and I don't care which government is, uh, Democratic or Republican, they couldn't care less. Uh, what people are thinking or they're not afraid one bit of anything you know they just know that they they have us wrapped around their little finger you know you have factions people who are freaking out about gay marriage and others you know abortion and others about you know transgender issues and Ukraine and Israel and all of that stuff I mean this whole country's everybody's fighting everybody you can't find two people to think alike, hardly.
0: Yeah. No, no, you and I.
1: <laughs> you and I, yeah, yeah. But you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's the, the, the well, yeah. divisions yeah. are so deep that our government, present government, has nothing to fear
0: about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the revolution that needs to happen is to literally vote the bums out, as the phrase goes. You know, you literally you you put together a little manifesto of really basic principles, you know, call it the Declaration of Independence Uh, and the United States population literally says, you know what? Free stuff from the government isn't worth what it costs us and we're not having it anymore. And so there's going to be no more subsidies There's going to be no more corporate bailouts. There's going to be no more freebies for anybody. And that includes the poor and needy. Uh, There's no more free stuff. So there isn't going to be um, foreign aid because that's giving free stuff. Uh, There's not going to be any more free stuff. So we're just going to quit spending trillions, that's plural, trillions of dollars on giving away free stuff and printing money to do it and having our wealth stripped away from us by epic, perpetual, relentless inflation. Uh, which, by the way, is the most regressive tax there is. It hammers the poor far worse than it does the wealthy. And that that's by design, by the way. Uh, back to the conspiracy theory here. This is all carefully orchestrated. So the point here is, these people know exactly what they're doing. They keep us warring among ourselves so that we won't return back to basic principles and say, you know what? We'll sort out the whole abortion thing and gay marriage thing and all these other social constructs. We'll sort those out later. For the moment we're in crisis and we need to all get united on some core principles and we need to throw these bums out and elect people that are committed again to these core principles, because then we're going to have a Congress that their first session is going to be undoing the vast majority of the legislation that has been done over the past decades. Then let's talk about gay marriage or whatever you want to talk about. But we've got to get back to a functioning, healthy society again.
1: It's probably too late because these international cartels, financial yep. cartels that you have talked about, they're so powerful. And I, they, I uh, mean, everybody's beholden to them. It is too
0: late. Yeah. It, it is too late. I am fully convinced that we are just fantasizing here. Yes, absolutely. I'm talking about what could be done, not what will be done. The American people have proved over centuries that they are pitiful, weak uh, cows. Oh, we're cattle. There, there is the land of the free and the home of the brave. What a joke. We're not free because we're not brave. There would be. It just, I keep going back to it because to me it's a litmus test of government and of people. This whole idea that we need to vote to have more gun-free zones New Mexico's governor votes, she executive orders a whole bunch of gun-free zones. Really? Does it? <laughs> seriously, is anybody so ridiculously brain-dead as to believe that because you tell me I can't carry my concealed weapon in a park, that the criminals now are going, oh, oh, can't cross that line of the sidewalk, can't go into that park with my concealed Glock because, oh, it's a gun-free zone. I mean, come on this is idiocy. This is, I forget about rights, forget about law. This is just stupid. It's just causally stupid. But people are so stupid that you have this amazing majority of people going, there needs to be more gun control because that'll keep us safe. Well, and, and... What, what about bravery? You know, where, where did bravery go out the window?
1: But this is a way of life around the rest of the world. No, ab- no other country ab- absolutely allows their citizens to have a gun. I mean, and that's why I love no, this no, country no, 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 is because not, uh, I... not
0: true, not true. Not, there, there, there are countries. Sweden, I believe it is, uh, that that require Switzerland requires uh-huh. their citizens to be armed.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you you gave me two examples out of two hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 but my point just is, nations. those people are not, but they're not awash in mass shootings. It's a cultural thing. It, it's it's a mental thing. It, this has nothing to do with the gun or who has it. So, it, but, but all that's an aside. You know, let's say that, that the price of freedom is that some edge cases are occasionally, rarely, going to go and shoot up a mall or a school. Let's say that that's the price of freedom. Well, that's a great tragedy. So somebody, I'm, I'm not <clears throat> denying that it is. But right, I right, mean, right, right. the idea that, that, I mean, it's ridiculous to say you can ever achieve a free society in which you have none of this stuff going on. And when you look at the frequency of it in a nation of a third of a billion people, this idea that there's an epidemic of gun violence is absurd. This there, there is not.
1: You are connecting this with uh, with this whole idea of freedom.
0: Absolutely, you need to clarify that. Freedom drives everything. One minute. (laughs) It's very simple. I have the right to life. It's inalienable. You can't take it away from me. All you can do is violate it. If you kill me, you've violated it. All right. Well, the right to life implies the right to self-defense. I have no right to life if I have no capacity. If I'm denied the capacity to defend my life against threats. But the right to self-defense implies the right to the means thereof. You can't tell me that I have the right to self-defense if you then put me in shackles or a straitjacket and run me around, you know, gangland America and say, you know, defend yourself. You have the right to defend yourself. No, you've denied me the freedom to defend myself. So as long as the perps are running around with guns, then I have the right to carry a gun to defend myself against, you know, putative threats.
1: Wow, we're going to have to. It's freedom. We'll have to continue this next time, Richard.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: God bless, bless, folks. Bye-bye.
0: Be sure to tune in next time for another unique perspective on your whole person health with your host, Dr. G. Don't forget to share the goodness with friends and family and visit our website at fitpositiveconfident.tv. And follow Dr. G on Twitter at Dr. G Fitness. God bless and stay healthy.